Good morning, family. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Armor. I'm your co-host, Big Brother Boone, and I'm joined by my podcast partners. This is Joe. And this is Russ. And if you notice a little pep in my step, it's because I've been listening to our health series and I'm charged and energized and drinking all the water I can. So, and you notice I got a glow about me. So, hey, that's what's up. So I'm going to tell you family members out there, if you haven't checked out our episodes, you got to do this. You got you to gotta hit playlist. You got to go out there and listen to our podcast. And I guarantee you that you're going to notice some changes in your health. Talk to me, fellas. Oh, yes, man. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've upped my water game as well, man. Come on, Doc. Yes, sir. Uh, and fruits and vegetables. Working on the exercise. Okay. Man, oh, man, this is definitely a change. I I concur, sir. That fruits and vegetables in the water, man. Half a gallon a day, as uh, as Dr. Uh, Sullivan, I believe, said, start with baby steps, she said. Baby steps. And I'm, I'm at about a half a gallon a day, man, um, trying to work up to a gallon. So, yeah, I'm on it. I I, I haven't had a potato chip in, in, in about <laughs> two weeks. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I was I was even doing Oreos, right? And I, I felt like Pookie in New Jack City. It's like right. they calling me, they calling me. <laughs> but I'm grateful that I have uh gotten some perseverance and some diligence and some discipline. Okay. And I can walk past that cabinet now. There you go. Hey, hey. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. hey man. Hey, I I I can say that uh I haven't had a cup of coffee in uh almost two weeks. Oh wow. Yeah, man. And I was a I was a two to three cup a day, man. So that's a that's a major, major step. Major. Excellent. Excellent. I like this, guys. Great, great, great progression. Great progression. Yes, sir. Keep good deal. Good on. deal. So it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. One of our brothers, brother Joe, had a life altering experience 23 years ago. Memorial Day uh, weekend. Actually, it was May 30th. Of 1999, yes, on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and he had an experience that has changed his life forever. So we're gonna deep dive into his soul, his spirit, and let him share with us. Amen. Absolutely, amen. yeah, amen. Now it's a that's a great intro because um, you know, Joe, we've we've known you, you know, obviously for for a minute now, and uh, you know, I know. Personally, you know, when I've you know talked to you offline and we've shared and you've uh, testified about your your um, your experience and the accident, you know, for me, one of the biggest questions that came to my mind was, what, um, uh, you know, what made you, or or in terms of you uh, risking your life for someone else, what what made you want to become a firefighter? I'm just that's something I've always wanted to you know ask you what. What what in your spirit do you remember back then? What what um you know what called you? Because to me it's you know someone who doesn't understand firefighting except from your experience and what I see on TV. Mm-hmm. N- I just was really curious on what what that looks like for you. What that looked like for you. Uh, well, thanks for that 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 question, Moon. I mean, Russ, and, and so it's it's not one of those those. Uh, 
stories that you would expect where I've always, I've always wanted to be a firefighter or um, there, there were firefighters in my family and I wanted to follow that path. It wasn't anything like that. Mm -hmm. I was actually, I had recently got out of the military, out of the military and I was working at the VA hospital and I was a single parent raising my son. Okay. And so uh, his mother and I were sharing responsibilities, but he, he was my um, responsibility. And I was making about $22,000 a year at the time. Mm-hmm. So the fire department had a starting salary of $25,000 a year. Wow. Okay. And I said, man, if I can get that $25,000 a year, brother, I would be able to do so much more for mm-hmm. my son as far as his education. Okay. And so that I had a, a and, the, and the reason the fire department even came as a possibility, I had a good friend, a uh, guy I grew up with him in my neighborhood, uh, Reggie Tyner, and he had, we were working together. We were in the Navy together. We were working together in a, in a dental office. And then he left to go become an EMT for the fire department. And he told me about an upcoming exam. And so I took the exam and uh, did really well on it. Uh, They had a physical agilities test. I did, uh, I guess I did okay on that because it turned out that there was about 3000 people that had applied for the job. Mm. When I got my letter, I was number 10 on the list. Mm. And I was in the first class that came off of that new list. So it was a $3,000 raise. That was the thing that really catalyst, <laughs> the catalyst yeah, yeah. for becoming a firefighter. Okay. And, um, but the rest is history. I, I got there and I fell in love with the job and I, and I still miss it to this day. Uh, but, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So that's how I got there. That's a, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. My, mind you, mind you, family. This brother was given a five percent chance to live, mm. and and I know the family of one of the firefighters that perished. So I won't say it hits home, but but you know there's six degrees of separation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, brother Joe, we'll let you continue with your story. Well. So you, you you mentioned that, and I think we we kind of we kind of jumped way ahead on that because um, uh, not many people, a lot, a lot of people don't even know the story. Yeah, it happened, it happened so long ago. It was a big thing when it happened, but a lot of people don't know the story. So um, I'm going through, I guess I'm. I'll start with just talking about um, the pro- my progression in the fire department, um, since that's where we started, how I got there. My mm-hmm. bad. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I, I skipped chapters. I skipped the first eight chapters of the book. I did book. too, boo. I did too. I did too. I jumped I right the in. the first eight chapters of the book and went right to chapter nine. Right, right. Oh, no, we're both guilty. My that's bad. That, that is, that I'm is. so energized because of that health series. My bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the energy, the fire, man. You're on fire, bro. Fire, bro. <laughs> no pun intended. Amen. So um, with that being said, so I, 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 when I came on the fire department, I went through the training, of course, and then I had my first duty station, which was down at our three, 
three engine, which is down on Capitol Hill, mm -hmm. um, New Jersey Avenue Northwest. And that was a great little house, man. That's where I learned a lot about firefighting. Um, mm. Uh, we used to run all four quadrants of the city, east, um, northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest. Um, I caught a lot of fire while I was there. I did a, a lot of on-the-job training while I was there. So, you know, when you're at the academy, you learn how to be a firefighter. You learn the basics of firefighting. But when you actually get to the company, that's when you become a firefighter. That's when you actually learn the job. So um, went there um, some years later, they closed that firehouse and I ended up tra um, transferring around to different um, places. And then I ended up in Engine 26, which is up on Rhode Island Avenue um, in D.C., Northeast. And there is when I really started to hone in on um, the job, hone, hone in on becoming efficient at my job. Um, I became a wagon driver while I was there, a technician where I was actually uh, driving the fire truck to respond to fires and respond to EM, EMS calls. And uh, I ended up becoming, uh, testing out and becoming a sergeant while I was there at Engine 26. But um, so that's fast forwarding to Memorial Day weekend, 1999. I came on the job in, in uh, December of 1990. Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend, 1999. So I was actually working overtime on a Saturday. I, I was asked to come in. Oh, asked if I wanted to come in and work overtime, which I, I agreed to because Kim and I, we were boyfriend, girlfriend at the time, and we were plan, planning on taking the kids on vacation. So I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I can get some extra money. That's going to make, you know, vacation even better. Sure. You know, now that I'm talking, I'm uh, as we're talking about it, there was a lot of stuff centered around money. <laughs> what was that yeah. about? Hey, but anyway, um, so we got a call for this uh, a townhouse fire uh, that night. And the call came in probably a little after midnight. So it was actually Sunday morning, as you mentioned in the opening, um, boom. And that fire was the fire that changed the lives of a lot of people. It changed my life um, because as you mentioned, Boone, I was I ended up being burned severely in that fire. Um, second and third degree burns over 65% of my body. So um, if you if you try to if you think about it in a pie chart form, three three fourths of my body is burned from that fire. Two of my uh, colleagues that were with me, uh, Tony, Tony uh, Phillips and uh, Lou Matthews, both died as a result of the injuries. They succumbed to the injuries that they had. So um, basically it was the three of us in there and uh, I was the only one that actually came out on my own, under my own power and, uh, and then went through a series of uh, hospitals. I was in the hospital for like two and a half months after that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, without going into too much detail about all of that, it was a long journey from that night to getting out of the hospital. And then once I got out the hospital, almost like um, if equating it to going to the fire academy, you know, I've, down the fire academy, I learned the basics. Once I got out of the academy and went to the firehouse, 
that's where I, I really learned how to be a firefighter. Mm -hmm. Two and a half months in the hospital with 5%, you know, like Boone said, they gave me 5% chance to live. That means they had 95% chance to die. Mm -hmm. um, majority of the, the uh, concerns was infection. I had uh, probably, I think around 13 surgeries while I was in the hospital. Mm. And over the last 20 some years, I've had in a total about 45. I, I really lost count around 40. 39, 40. I lost count of how many surgeries I was, but I think it's about 45 surgeries mm -hmm. um, over the years. Wow. And um, uh, so once I got out, that's when I really, really, really had to learn how to cope with being a, a burn survivor. And it, and it goes beyond just the survival part. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you hear it with, with everybody in the military, PTSD. Okay, we hear about it all the time. Um, I had PTSD um, as a result of it. I had a lot of uh, restrictions or li limitations. I won't say restrictions, limitations with, uh, uh, with the result of the burns on my body, range of motion limitations, uh, um, being able to heat and cool my body like a normal um, person would, limitations. Um, the psychological limitations, the emotional limitations. Um, so when, when my, I'm going to talk about that when my book comes out, <laughs> you hey. know, the book hey, is hey. coming and there's a chapter called the, uh, the limitations of my scars. And, and I'm going to delve into, you know, what those limitations look like. Here we are 23 years later, and it might sound like a, a Silly question, but but and I know you just mentioned PTSD. Do you do you still have like flashbacks? So yes, I do. Not as bad as I used to, but yes, I do. Um, more, I would say more. Right now, more remembrance of remembering some of the things that that I that happened on the job while I was there. Not necessarily specific to the night that I was injured, although that will come back sometimes, but more or less some of the things that I, I witnessed and saw while I was on the job. And, uh, you know, there's, there's good images and then there's not so good images. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's amazing how our mind and body works in that arena because, you know, once some things you just can't unsee, you know, as, as much as you want to, you just can't unsee them and they will come back. Um, you will have uh, something that will trigger it and it'll come back. And mm -hmm. you, you, uh, I've gotten so used to it at this point that I can kind of go through the process and dismiss it. Uh, case in point. I think, well, I can't remember if it happened when I was, when you guys came to uh, um, visit when I did the, the talk to the fire recruits. Right. But there are times when I have been <laughs> in a session where I'm, I'm talking about the job and I'm explaining it to someone and I may be describing an incident that I experienced. And while I'm, while I'm telling the story, I'm visually right there. I'm in that moment. Mm -hmm. 
and I could see everything as though it was happening right that right at that moment. Mm. And so I, that's part of P PTSD. You know, it's, it's the, those those images come back, those feelings come back, and so um, you know, depending on how severe they are, it a lot of times it will uh, determine how a person reacts to it, or depending on how that person is uh, is able to cope. Uh, you know, maybe we, I know we talked about doing a section uh, segment on mental health, mm -hmm. right? Because that's that's key. That's important, and we just don't know. You think about, you know, when we recently we're hearing about all of these uh, major incidents that are happening out here in the in the in our world right now. Mm -hmm. That's going to affect people for long periods of time. You know, so there's some things you just can't unsee. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, there are times. Uh, when when those things will come back, when those images will come back, when those incidents will come back, and uh, there are certain triggers that'll bring them up, and then sometimes it's just you could just be sitting there. I'll be sitting there, you know, in a uh, having dinner with my wife, mm -hmm. and something will just come across, and I I see it, and I go through it, and. I, I, I try to stay present with her, but right. times when she can see me glass over mm -hmm. and then I'll come back and then we'll keep moving. Interesting. And yet you said uh, at the beginning of, uh, of your, this discussion just a few minutes ago, you mentioned you miss it. You said uh -huh. you, so, so that, that for me, when you say you miss it, if you were to be called mm -hmm. back into, uh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a. It's, that's why I, I asked the original question. It seems like a calling to some degree, but I know you you mentioned about the money. But would you go back into it if if you were to get? Do you think you would uh, go back into firefighting in some capacity because because of your experience and you know what I mean? Like I'm just curious how 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 that would hit you, right? You consider it. Um, just a thought, you know. It, and it's it's a good thought. So it's a uh, multifaceted answer to the question. Okay. One, if I was physically able, you know, I'm a lot older now. So yeah, right. There's certain, <laughs> there's certain sure. things that I can't do anymore. Right. But if I was physically able, right. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would go back. Wow. Um, That's powerful, Joe. I I the the the. Um, the, the rush, the adrenaline mm -hmm. that comes from being able to help somebody, um, the adrenaline that comes from actually the, the firefighting aspect of it, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it it's a, it's a, draws you back. It really draws you back. So that's one part of it. The other part, um, I've matured since then. Mm -hmm. So I'm still involved in a fire safety, life safety um, capacity right now in my current job. Mm -hmm. So being the life safety program manager at uh, Walter Reed Hospital gives me the opportunity to still be somewhat involved in that in that life safety um, that life safety uh, lifestyle 
I deal with the fire fire department some at on some occasions, uh, but more now I'm in the preventative side of firefighting as opposed to the actual reaction reactionary putting the fire out. So I'm in a in a position now where I look to help with maintaining. Well, I don't physically do it, but I help with maintaining the fire systems, the life safety systems at the hospital so that we won't have any incidents where people are having to um, uh, be rescued. You know, we want, to, we try to make it so that the building will, will rescue before you have to actually physically rescue somebody, if that makes sense. It does. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, I, I, I'm still involved. You know, I, I even tried to get out of it once. <laughs> I honestly said, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I need to, I want to expand my, uh, my, my horizons. And uh, I tried to leave, the, leave that aspect because after the, I was retired and um, for a few years, I was, Kim and I had our a little home improvement business, which was helping us sustain our lifestyle. And then I had an opportunity to work at NIH, National Institutes of Health, where I was in the fire marshal's office. So I was doing code inspections for the hospital there. And I, I did that for about five years. And I'm like, man, okay, I've done the firefighting. I've done this code inspection. I want to do something totally different altogether. Left there, uh, took a job in, uh, in, an, in an emergency management office. Uh, got released from that because it was a, uh, a temporary position and, and uh, uh, you know, to, to be transparent about it. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't totally truthful on my application when I went to that job. <laughs> uh, I tried to, I tried to uh, uh, dismiss something of in my past when I was younger and I didn't put it on the application that came back out. And, and so I ended up losing that job. But it was, a, it was really God, God closing a door. It, well, that's another, that, I, I'll, I'll explain that later. So anyway, that door was closed and I sat for a year without any employment. And then this opportunity came up and right back in to life safety and fire suppression and all of that. And it's like, okay, God, I get it. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I am. That's where I've been for the last, I think it's coming up on eight years now. Wow. Seven years, something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite a quite a journey. <laughs> it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as I try to get away from it, it just keeps Peace. following me, man. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, certainly, certainly you have a calling. Uh, uh, I know Boone and I, when we heard you speak, um, after we heard you speak to the cadets, mm -hmm. uh, it was clear to me, and Boone, you you piggyback on this, it was clear to me that your calling was um, sharing your story as, as we're doing now. And, uh, and and that was clear to me. And and just a little little plug, if anyone is even listening who who knows of any, has some connection with fire departments or cadets, uh, this brother right here, this story, his story, um, as I heard and, and my brother Boone heard, 
is a story to be heard. Yes, that, sir. In my opinion, is and will be saving lives in the future um, because there were you could hear a pin drop. Uh, Boone, if you remember, all, we were you and I were sitting in the back, and uh, everyone was filled with uh, 20, 30 cadets and uh, young men and women were so focused on beamed in on on you know uh, our brother's spirit and his testimony and story that uh, I knew that something special was happening. So I'll just put that plug out there because um, you know I know you're you are a speaker, public speaker now officially. So um, you know to God be the glory, man. It's a powerful story. Amen, uh, amen. And at that time, I was not employed. I wanted to go sign up after listening to my brother. Uh, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to uh, get my old butt out there and try to. <laughs> right, right. You see me sliding down a pole. <laughs> Check that imagery out, right? Oh man! No, thank you. No, thank you. That's but, hilarious. Uh, but there was a guy in there who was about 50 years old, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, you know, right. I was in good company. You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but sorry. but but to but to my brother Russ's point, yeah, the the audience was captivated. I mean, everybody was focused on on what Joe was saying, and it was very it was very obvious that 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 was his calling for sure. And he's inspired thousands and he has thousands more to inspire, you know? Amen. And so we are grateful that we had an opportunity to, to listen to him. I mean, it's one thing when you, when you're talking to a brother on the phone, but when you see him in front of an audience talking about his experiences and sharing how God got him through, and that was, that was incredible. I was like, Wait a minute! Is this the same guy that that we've been vibing with for all these years? Right. And yeah. um, you, you yeah. blessed us that day, my brother. You blessed us. Absolutely. Wow, man! I, I really I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, there there are times when uh, uh, you just don't know uh, what impact you're going to have. That's right. And um, you know, you can beat yourself up quite a bit. I I beat myself up quite a bit. Um, even, even talking about, uh, how, or thinking that, that the story, no one wants to hear it, you know, no one, no one wants to hear this or, uh, what do I have to say sometimes? But I also, and I, we had basically talked about this early on what, before we got started, uh, I had an opportunity to speak at Alexandria fire department. I think it was back in 21 and, uh, uh one of the young young firefighters there was 19 years old. And I was thinking, he wasn't even born when I got hurt. So wow. he's going into a job that I've been there. I've done that. I, 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 uh, it was life-changing. I survived it. And so he needs to know about it. And so that kind of re-energized me to want to get out and talk. And then, you know, this, the story really transcends into uh, daily life. It doesn't, it's not necessarily specific for firefighters, even though it, it, it's important for a lot of them, especially um, even, and it's not just the younger ones, it's the seasons, seasoned ones too, because we get kind of complacent 
in our um, jobs and we forget about certain things. And then uh, there, there are some uh, departments that don't have the, the training that we've had, you know? So that training piece is so key. It's time for a break. We'll be back. Awesome. Awesome. Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. Hey, what's up, fellas? If you're looking for healthy, thought-provoking conversations on a variety of topics dealing with life issues, be a transparent, open dialogue for men who need a dose of honest, engaging, and heartfelt discussions. Tune in to Inside the Armor, airing Mondays at 8 a.m., hosted by Joe, Russ, and yours truly, Boone. We would love to have you vibe with us as we talk about our trials and our triumphs our messes, and our successes. Join us for Inside the Armor, Mondays at 8 a.m. Iron Sharpening Iron, one podcast at a time. We're back. We got, we've been vibing with our brother, Joe, who's given us uh, a talk about what he has been through and how God is using him in a mighty way. Yeah, I know we um, we asked you a couple of questions. Joe. I, I, I wrote down a whole bunch of, uh, of stuff, but you've answered a lot of it. Um, and one thing for just for me, which is inspiring to me, is listening to your um your story, but the, the perseverance that you've, that you've um, uh, exhibited, you know, through the experience. Um, mm -hmm. And the, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, you know, certainly the, still the, the challenges that even, you know, all these years later still come up, but uh, what's for me, one of the things that stands out in my spirit is your, your perseverance. So I just, you know, you know, publicly want to let you know that that blesses me, man, because it's um, it transcends, you know, the accident transcends, you know, life in general, because there's, there's all kinds of tragic things that can happen in our lives. And uh, you're living testimony that, um, you know, th through, through perseverance, you can, uh, you can make it. So on top of that, I just wanted to uh, ask you, how has, the, the, in terms of the perseverance, how has God played a role in your uh, perseverance? I know that may sound like a generic question, but I'm just curious how you uh, you draw on that power to you know to get you through? Yeah, challenging time. 
Man, wow. So that's a great question. And it is a huge question. And, and because God, you know, as I look back, I can see where he's had his hand in it and, and has guided me. And, and, and like the, the word says, he's ordered my steps. Okay. So, so before I was hurt, uh, I believed in God and I knew about Jesus, but I did not have a relationship, if that makes sense, right? It does, so, sure. So, you know, there's, there's a difference. There's a real difference between knowing Amen. and having a relationship. Amen. So there were many, many opportunities or many times where he has shown himself to me through this process, which, you know, it would, it, I would, I would love to be able to say, you know, once I, once this happened and um, either I had that relationship before or once it happened and once I got out the hospital and I realized, um, you know, what he did for me, I made the decision for him then. But that's the that would be a lie. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember coming out of the hospital and, and uh, I had an opportunity to uh, share my story. And I said, you know, I'm not a religious man. Uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual man. And I didn't even know what the heck I was talking about when I said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, it just sounded good rolling off my lips. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but one, I had people praying for me. I had communities praying for me. I had churches praying for me. I had people praying for me that I didn't even know. I was receiving letters and cards from kids and, and just people. I received uh, letters and cards and well wishes and prayers from people from as far away as Japan wow. when I was going through that. Wow. Right? Mm. Um, and then, you know, of course, it was, I had my parents and my grandparents praying for me prior to all of this. You know, they, that's, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. I had God come to me in, in a number of specific, specific times where he spoke to me directly. And I, that's another story in itself. But he spoke to me directly. I will tell this one story where... Uh, I had a, I had a wound. I had a burn on the back. Well, had, have a burn on the back of my head mm -hmm. and um, it wouldn't heal. It, 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 it stayed raw. So they did a surgery and the surgery, what happens is when they put a skin graft on, uh, they wrap it and they, it, they wait for three days for the skin graft to take. And, you know, once they, once it takes, then it goes through the healing process. That's the, that's the, uh, uh, the real process that it goes is, and it's three days, man. There's there's a story in there too. I, wow. So they do the skin graft, they wrap it tight with um, gauze, bandages, medicine, and they wait for three days to see if it takes. So I had that surgery twice, and it failed twice. Mm. Wow, it wouldn't heal. Mm -hmm. So sometime around November, December. I can't remember. I want to say it was um, 20. Um, I want to say it was in, in 99. It may have been in there. Yeah, it had to have been in 99. So around December, 
I had went to sleep and I had a dream. And in this dream, I had a voice say to me, I'm going to heal your head at the beginning of the year. Mm. And when I do, then you'll know who I am. Mm. Wow. And it was distinct. The voice was distinct. It was powerful. It, it was majestic. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that time, that at that moment, who was talking to me, but you know, um, it was, I was, I was in a dream. It was, I was asleep. So, so Jan, so, you know, in, in my, in my, uh, um, in my mind, January, first of the year, I'm going to have this healing. It's going to be miraculous. And I'm going to know, yes. Okay. God healed me. Mm -hmm. January 1st came nothing. January 2nd came nothing. January 7th came nothing. And so I was like, you know, maybe it was just a dream. Mm -hmm. And January 26th, we had the third surgery for the for my head. Mm -hmm. And the third surgery went fantastic. My head was healed, never had to go back, done. And only thing I could say is, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's 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 powerful, bro. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that from that, right. There, there's multiple stories where things came, mm -hmm. God showed himself. Mm -hmm. And um uh, I finally made the decision to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior in uh, April of 2006. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah, April 2006, yes. Amen. Uh, truly, truly accept him, truly made a decision as an adult, making the decision that this is, this is the life that I want to live. Right. And, um, and it's been extraordinary ever since. Man, wow. That's that's powerful. That is, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I've been listening and 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 trying to visualize and and uh, the thought that occurred to me is that you didn't go through this journey alone. Obviously, God was with you, mm. but your spouse. Ooh, man! Ooh. How was she impacted and and? And I know we, we may have to get her on the show to, to find out what her journey was like, but if you can capsulize it, brother, uh, what was that like for her? Man, man, you're talking about dedication. You're talking about unconditional love. Mm. You're talking about someone who went through, she went through it with me. You know, I went through the physical part of it. Right. She went through the emotional part of it. Mm -hmm. And the emotional, the physical heals at some point. But the emotion, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. It wow. takes so much to heal. So yeah, she was so strong through the process. Um, when I was in the hospital. And, and, and understand that a couple of weeks 
a month prior to me getting hurt, I actually broke up with her. We were, you know, dating and I broke up with her a month before. Wow. A couple of weeks, a couple of weeks or a week before the accident, we started having conversations again, but it was more that she was, she made herself available to me. And the night before, the day before I got hurt, we spent the entire day together. We just, we were together. We had a great time. We had conversations. We were just there. The night I got hurt, we were on the, I was on the phone with her. And, uh, well, it happened a couple of times. We had a couple of calls. I was on the phone with her. I said, hey, I'll give you a call when I get back. That was our routine. We were pretty much stay on the phone with the, with each other until about midnight then she would go to bed and and I would just uh, finish my my uh, tour on the fire department so um when I hung up from her with, with her uh I'd say hey you, you know we got a call yeah I'll give you a call back it was it was about 11 30 and we went on a call for an automobile accident so I thought we were just going to go out and I would come on back but it turns out that on our way back to the firehouse is when we got the call for the fire. Um, and so the next call she got, where she was expecting me to call her back, she got a call and there was my sister on the other side, on the other end of the phone and mm-hmm. telling her that I had gotten hurt and, um, and you know, described that it was, uh, I had like a, had a 40% burn and, uh, uh, my sister was heading to the hospital and maybe, you know, Kim might want to come over there. And so she would have to describe what she saw, but sure, sure. when she describes it to me, uh, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine having that call, receiving that call and then going to the hospital and seeing what she saw and knowing then the doctor's saying that, you know, my chance of living was 5%. They're going to do everything that they can. As a matter of fact, they didn't even give it a percentage at that time. They just said, things look really bad, but we're going to do everything that we can to, to keep them alive. That was, those were the words that she got from the doctor. And so from that, she went through visiting at the hospital all, you know, every day. She went through caring for me. Um, band, you know, bandaging my wounds, helping me to shower, mm. all of this while I was still, a, the word that I want to use for, for myself yeah. during that time, it starts with the A, has a couple of S's in between, <laughs> and it ends with a, a hole. Got it. <laughs> I was a jerk, man. Yeah, yeah. And she stuck there. She stayed there. She kept being there. Mm. And and I and and I, you know, I hate to say it, but there were times when I made her cry. And it mm. wasn't just because of what she was seeing, it was because of the way I treated her and the way I made her feel. Mm-hmm. And she still stuck with me. She still wow. chose me. And she even and she still married me after that. Yeah. Wow. Her story story is huge. I can't even begin. I can't do it any justice. 
That sounds like perseverance. I'm saying I'm I'm talking about your perseverance. Oh man, yeah, her perseverance is like, wow, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and so here we are. Um, we've been we we will celebrate our 17th year of marriage this year. Hey hey, <laughs> you know. Hey Uh-oh. hey. Yeah, yeah. We've been together for like 24 years, I think, something like that. Um, okay. My best friend. Right. Uh, and she is uh, she is the one that helped me get past myself. Okay. Okay. God. So you talked about God's role, right? Mm-hmm. He, so God's role brought he brought her Russ mm-hmm. into my life because he knew what I needed. Mm-hmm. And he knew that she had the strength to get me through that. Wow. And, and as much as I, uh, uh, and, and, you know, as much as I disrespected his daughter, yeah. Um, <laughs> he still, he still gave her the perseverance and the strength to stick with me through all yeah, of that. Right. 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 And, um, and so on the other side of that, uh, you know, we, we do great. We're doing great. She is, uh, she's a powerful woman. She is uh, a loving woman. She's a funny lady. As you guys know, she's Hello, come on. She's, <laughs> come on. She's a clown. <laughs> Keeps the brother laughing. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful question. Yeah. yeah. And matter of fact, next time I see her, I'm going to be like, Kim, I'm going to say, this mama? Like, really? Like, <laughs> it's like, girl, mama, the yeah. girl. I'm going to pat you on the back. I'm going to pat on the back, give her a hug, say, this mama? Okay, girl, you bad sister right there. I love it. No, that's that's great, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a bad girl, man. Bad that's girl. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get her as a guest because I know she has a story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She does. Yeah. She does. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um yeah, I tell you. Yeah, she does. And um, and she's a as you guys know, she's a cancer survivor. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she went through. Uh, she had breast cancer, breast cancer in two thousand and nine, uh, and so you know, she's she's uh she's thriving. Mm-hmm. You know the the title of the book when it does come out is uh, "Twice Saved from the Fire: uh, Surviving and Thriving Fifteen Hundred Degrees" because that's uh, that's what the temperature was at the time of, that I got burned. It was at it was rated somewhere around fifteen hundred degrees. Right. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it you surviving is one part one part part of it, mm-hmm. and the thriving part comes afterwards. And mm-hmm. she's survived and thrives through through so much, man. Amen. So amen. Much. Amen. And, and when's that book? I'm sorry. When's that book coming out again? I'm just gonna say this year. It's in it's in editing right now. Um, okay. Uh, it's in the preliminary editing. I I actually finished it. Uh, earlier this year, and so we're we're getting edited, colorized, and then uh, the plan. I was hoping to have it out by this weekend, actually, but okay. Uh, 
I don't want to rush it. It's in God's time, but it's, it will be out this year for sure. Out this year. Okay. If, if for, for those listeners who missed that, that's uh, that's called accountability. Uh, episode one. Episode one. Uh, that's how we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we check one another every now and then because we all need it. So, uh, no, that's great. That's, right. that's a beautiful thing, Joe. I'll, I'll look, we'll be looking forward to it, man. And keep that in, keep that in prayer for sure. Awesome, man. Cool. And every time I hear, even if it's just a snippet of your story, you know, I, I just, I just have this wild thing that, that says, look at God, look at God and how, and how he used you, how, You've uh, you inspire, you encourage, and and you know every every test is is not for us. Mm, absolutely, and that's powerful right there. Yeah, you yeah. just you just never know. You just never know who's going to be impacted. Mm-hmm. You just never know who has been given a five percent chance at at not necessarily life or death, but 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 in a vocation, in a situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I don't know if if y'all caught it, but not, well, I know we know, but but family sitting around the table here, he said he was twice saved from the fire. Mm, yeah, come on. And come on, the Peter. first time he was saved from that fire is nothing compared to when he was saved from the fire of a burning hell due to his relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, but careful, sir. Careful, sir. Know what I'm saying? I'll start church up here, sir. You don't hear me. (laughs) Reach on, brother. Well, so so I'm glad this is this is a uh, uh, this is powerful testimony about that because the, the, like I mentioned at the beginning, there was three of us in that building. Mm-hmm. Tony Phillips, Lou Matthews, and myself. Tony Phillips was saved. Meaning for those who, for anyone who doesn't know what saved means, Tony Phillips had, had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Lou Matthews was saved. Lou Matthews had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Joe Morgan. Wow. Not. Wow. Mm. Joe Man. Morgan whew, was, mm. was running through life thinking that he was, you know, uh, I thought, I, like I said, I knew who he was, but I hadn't actually said, come into my life and, and I give my life to you. Right. Right. So if I had that and I, and, if I had died that night, mm-hmm. I would still be burning. Mm. But God, <laughs> but God, he he said, "Not yet, not yet." And he, the favor that he had um, to to keep me around, yeah, yeah, for such a time as this. For such a time as this. For somebody who uh, may not know who he is. I had had one of my coworkers come to me the other day and she saw my arms because, you know, the the burns on my arms. She said, she was saying, what happened to your arms? You know, when I first saw them, I thought they were tattoos. Mm 
right? Because mm-hmm. everybody, it's a lot of people that's wearing tattoos on, you know, all over their bodies. Right. And I remember early in, early on when, uh, after I had gotten burned, my oldest sister, Melvin, uh, she said to me, uh, you know, those are God's tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so I used to, I used to try to cover it up because I was ashamed. But when she told me about, you know, those are God's tattoos that helped me come out of that shell somewhat. It still took time, but now I can wear short sleeve shirts or tank tops and, and be proud of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because those scars are a representation of what God has brought me through. Yeah. Wow. And so when it comes, when, you know, I started off saying that I wasn't saved at the times. And I would have been still burning if I had not, if I had died that night. But God saw saw it uh, ahead. He had planned ahead for me to be here to be able to talk to you guys about this right now. He planned ahead for me to be able, I, you know, I, I pray to him every day about having an opportunity to, to share with someone, uh, you know, share with someone about him, share with what he's done. Uh, and even, and I'm still jacked up. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> you yeah. know, don't, like Boone said, don't, don't let the smooth taste fool you. I'm still jacked up. Amen. But I'm not as jacked up as past always say, but I'm not as jacked up as I used to be. Yeah, that's it. And so that's the thing that I celebrate uh, um, twice being saved from the fire because I was saved from the physical fire. Amen. And I was saved from eternal fire. Mm-hmm. And now I have, I, I'm, I feel quite rest assured where I'm going once I leave this earth. And for someone who doesn't know, you know, uh, you can know because uh, that opportunity is open to every, everybody. Amen. Amen. Anybody. Amen. Amen. So, you know, uh, if you if you have any questions about that, it's easy to find out the answer. Don't wait. Don't try to wait for you to figure it out on your own, because if you can figure it out on your own or, you know, someone to say, oh, man, but I need to get myself together first. Right. If you could get yourself together first, you'd have been together by now. Amen. Amen. God says, I will accept you just the way that you are. because that's where the work can begin right right man when jesus sat with with the uh with the uh sinners and the pharisees said you know what is this that jesus is doing he said hey you know for those who already know i don't need to say anything to them it's the ones who don't know me it's the ones who are still living in sin it's the ones who are still still uh, doing the things that are that, that are not of God. Those are the ones that I need to sit with. Those Amen. are the ones that I need to eat with. And I'm so glad that he ate with me. I'm so glad he sat with me. So anyway. Amen. Amen. Amen, my brother. If you want to hear more about Joe before his book comes out, or if you have any questions, hit us up at info dot inside the armor at gmail.com info dot inside the armor at gmail.com peace peace peace